at one point Griffin was like, can we eat anything but In-N-Out? And I'm like, no, you have to eat In-N-Out every single day. And I haven't eaten In-N-Out in like 10 years. I ate it 13 days in a row or something. It was ridiculous, dude. Welcome back to The Drop. I am your still interim host, Michael Saramella. Danny Johnson should be back next week, I believe, I hope, I pray. But in the meantime, we have so much to cover this week in surfing. Uh, We saw the Stab in the Dark winner announced. We're not going to spoil it here, but we will talk about some little insider things that we know about the final episode. We obviously saw um, Griffin win the Portugal event, which we talked about in the last episode of The Cusp, but... Brendan Buckley, our editor-in-chief, has a really, really interesting insider story from the night that he won. Uh, We also want to talk about the new Koa Smith film that is really startlingly good playing on Stab Premium. Uh, Drive Through is also coming to Stab Premium, so later on in this episode, we are going to have a chat with uh, one of its founders, Benji Weatherly. And we also have maybe my favorite surf sin that has ever, ever, ever been on the drop, and it is in relation to the surfboard catfishing topic that Buck and I discussed on last week's episode of the drop, and it is truly, truly not to be missed. So that's what we have to look forward to this week on the drop. Let's jump right in. Good morning, Michael. It's been a while since we last spoke. <laughs> it has, it has, and um, yeah, good afternoon to you. How are things in the European world, the old world? The European headquarters here in uh, an attic. It's very good. Europe, a lot of attics here in Europe, a lot of dust too. Uh, meanwhile, you are in the Stab Podcast HQ, uh, which is just my polite way of saying you are shirtless in a car. That's how yeah, we do it's these a- things. I think it's a 2001 Toyota Corolla, Um, and this is me actually training. I'm doing like an acclimation training for Stab Highway, which is coming up, uh, the production, in a week or so. So I'm just trying to get used to living out of a really dusty old car, and um, hopefully that gives me a head up. Not that I'm competing in it, but I'm still going to have to be on the road with these people doing these crazy tasks, covering a lot of ground, and I'm really excited for it. So I wanted to be in the best shape possible. I think anybody who watched the Australian version would have walked away from it knowing that you'd have to train. Like you couldn't go into that as like a normal functioning human being who's been like contributing to society or even just like functioning in it with in some way. Um, you'd have to train yourself to degeneration, just intentionally degenerate to really be in a space to compete in that world. So good for you for training, take the initiative. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be lots of definitely like chemical uplifting, I would say. Um, there's mm. there's no drug testing, so if you want to use steroids or um, horse tranquilizer, whatever it takes really to get through this eight-day grueling journey down the coast of California, we're all for it. Steroids, hit Neko up, he's got them. <laughs> um, but... On that point, um, there were actually a lot of crazy things that happened this week in surfing, which I think we should jump into. Let's get straight into it. Stab in the Dark with Jack Robinson, episode four, the final. A winner is about to be declared. And it has been declared by the time they're listening to this. It was declared months ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be publicly declared on Thursday. Yes. Um, So we're obviously not going to spoil it because I'm sure not everybody who's listening to this podcast has seen the episode yet. But I highly recommend you watch it for a few reasons. One is that there's actually a bit of a surprise that comes in in this episode um, that's separate from the winner. And... Yeah, I, th- I think uh, we, we don't want to give too much away, but if you uh, if you do your own research, you can see that there's there's maybe a little string that hasn't quite been tied up in this series yet that a lot of people were upset about that, um, yeah, we, we might see that come to fruition. String, yeah, do your own research. Look up in the sky, look at those chemtrails, just look what could have been kind of teased at one point, maybe even Noah's being teased then, but I'm a big closure guy. Closure's important, and we're going to have some closure in episode four. Like we said, winner, but another little surprise for you in there. Can't give much away, but anyway, the finalists, Mayhem, Pukas, Chili, and Channel Islands. 
one of those people is about to sell a fuckload more surfboards. The other people are still going to do fine because everybody in the world wants to surf right now. So uh, good for them. But stab in the dark. Winning it is a big deal, and it's going to be one of those four. Do you think we're going to see somebody... Uh you know, mad? Like, is there going to be, like, an enraged Schaefer about how this whole thing pans out? Or do you think everybody's like, oh, you know, we did our best? I love the idea of an enraged Schaefer. I love it, and I think we will see it. Because part of this, like like we said, the winner is being declared this week really means the winner was declared in December, but we're rolling it out this week. And part of rolling this out, kind of like we talked about last time, is doing so much behind the scenes that... If people get suspicious, right? And in this final episode, you're going to see interviews with two shapers. And obviously, we you know, we conducted those within the past 10 days. And so they know that Stab in the Dark is happening. They know their board's in the final. We show up with a crew. They're getting ideas in their head, right? They think they won. And so two people did not win, which means one of them is probably not going to be thrilled. And we'll see how that goes. Yeah, so we're going to actually have a live premiere. It will have already happened by the time this podcast is aired, but I think next week we can report back on how that moment actually unfolds. And let's hope for it to be feisty, right? Let's let's hope <laughs> for a good one. And then another thing on the Stab in the Dark, this episode opens with a VO from Ashton saying that Jack spent 120 hours in the water during the making of this project, which you know it's three 40-hour work weeks, the stat that he missed is that Jack actually caught 12 waves during that time, which <laughs> is, I mean, I don't know how his legs could handle that, but like 12 waves is a lot, especially for him. I know, and at least like four of them were pretty good too. And at least four were good, and I mean, just, yeah, that kind of, those numbers, um, we had, it was so funny, I mean, Jack is notoriously a choosy choosy when he comes to when it comes to wave selection right and we had just like the filmers on it complaining like fuck i was just at rockies for five hours and he caught three waves like he uh he's picky he's picky when it comes to waves he's picky when it comes to surfboards and obviously he caught more than 12 waves but it is kind of funny that he spent 120 hours in the water and i think out of all the stab in the darks he would have been the least waves per hour but he made up for it for by spending 120 hours in the water so it's uh, it's all good. It all works yeah, out. The man knows what he likes, and um, yeah, the he picks a winner, and that is what you're going to see if you watch that final episode. Well, it sounds like he knows more what he doesn't like, because he just lets 300 waves pass him by. But <laughs> it's a uh, yeah, it's a matter of deduction at the end of the day. Yeah, but it's a good one. And go watch, go see who won, go buy their board like every other person, or buy another finalist, or buy. No surfboards and uh, body surf your dick out. Who cares? Next up, viral board fling. What really happened between Levi Slauson and Magno Pacheco, who has a wonderful name and a hot temper? A hot, hot temper. Right yeah, hot. So this, uh, this was an Instagram clip that certainly did the rounds this week, and um, I'm sure you saw it. It was basically one surfer taking off in front of another surfer, and the surfer behind the surfer in front flung his board at him. Now, with the context that I just gave, you might be thinking like, oh, well, yeah, that guy burned him, so fuck him, right? Well, not quite. Levi Slauson and Magno Pacheco were in a heat together. Levi had priority. It was the kind of waning moments of the heat, and he wanted to shut it down, so he took off in front of Magno with his priority, which you're entitled to do, to block him from getting that wave. And Magno didn't like it, and he flung his board in the general direction of Levi. Magno claims that he was not trying to hit or hurt Levi. It was just a moment of frustration, and I guess the, the trajectory of his frustration was a little bit more dangerous than it needed to be. But Levi's really upset about this, and he's calling for Magno to be expelled from the WSL for a lifetime. Where do you stand, Buck? Uh, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, the clip, it's not good optics, right? Like, you don't watch that and go, yeah, that's okay. Except there's one guy in Instagram comments, I think you, you even replied to it, or somebody that is involved with their Instagram replied, because one guy was like, I do this with my friends every day. It's like, 
What? <laughs> you psychopath? You, you and your friends just go flick your boards at each other's head every day? Like, what are you talking about? Because uh, the other 900 comments were like, what a shame and this, that. But I saw quite a few people stand up for for Magno. And I haven't met him personally, but I mean, I saw Duma in there really take his side. Hunter Jones, like people whose opinion I really trust. And even the way that Magno spoke to us, it seemed like, you know, people can get frustrated. I Getting him expelled, fuck that. Like, it, it was a moment of frustration. Yeah, it looks terrible. I know. But that's too much. That's way too much to me. It looks bad. But come on. It's just, he's young. He was frustrated. No harm was actually done. Let him go. Well, we do have an incredible surf sin coming up later this episode, but you could call this a surf sin in and of itself. So what would your penance be for Magna? My penance? Um, as somebody who has lost an eye to a fin to the face, I would say my penance is just to ride futures because I lost a fin to my face with a futures fin, and my problem with FCS 2 is that I just knock fins out of the board. And so if you're going to strike somebody in the face of the board, make sure that fin's going to stick because that's what it's mm. all about, right? You need that fin solid in there. And so my penance to him is just get rid of the FCS 2 and go into futures because you're going to need it next time you flick a board at somebody's face if you want to hold on to that fin. <laughs> that's Okay, so that's interesting. My penance is really similar, except that it's for a whole year he has to ride those Protec fins. Ooh that have the really soft edges. <laughs> and uh, that's it. You just got to ride those for a year of your entire life. And that was, that was a year that you existed riding Protec fins. Oh, that's good. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. There's It's like putting a muzzle on a bad dog. And I remember back in the day in surf mags, they would just take out that like tiny little like eighth of a page ad that there was like one dude who got hit in the face, got like probably 20 stitches and had this like big open wound <laughs> on his face that must have been in the surf mags for like five years with the same little quote story to like buy your fins here, mail in your order, you know, and that guy had such a good run. Like, you know, they used to do like the exposure meters. That guy was probably like ranked 87th every year because he was in every mag every month just in his little eighth of a page back there. But can I can I admit something to you? Yeah. Just between you and I? Uh I, I was actually in a couple of those ads as well. I, I'm no also a pro tech surfer. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, that's incredible. I had a uh a, I had a fin slicing incident when I was like ten or twelve. I, I cut my leg open pretty badly and after that my uh my dad wanted me to ride protect fins, so I did for like three or four years. And you got it we got a on the site post for this podcast, let's just include that if you can dig up an image because the people need to see it. <laughs> include and I am among the people here. So please dig that up. <laughs> I will do I don't know if it exists on the internet, but I'll do my best. I'll I'll give it a search. Oh, you gotta have it in some like manila folder binder some somewhere back there. Come on, dig it up. Keala Kennelly helped introduce a law that changed surfing. So, so Mikey, as you know, this was the first year that we saw women's CT events at Pipe and Sunset, at least from start to finish. Obviously, they had that shark incident at Honolulu Bay in 2019, which pushed a few heats to Pipe. But first year we saw start to finish events there. It was awesome, especially the pipe one. I mean, watching Moana win was such a sick moment. And it would have actually been illegal for that to not happen. And a big part of that is Kayla Kennelly and a few other female surfers who basically saw that they'd see these events on the North Shore and see that, okay, they're men's only, but you need to get permits through the, you know, they call it the city and county for Oahu, Honolulu. They got to get permits, and you know it's state-run. It's kind of an extension of state land, and they thought that it was an unfair use of state land. To, it was discriminatory to have just men, no women. And so they went to these town hall meetings, made testimonies about what was happening, kind of raised a point. One of the politicians picked it up, turned it into a bill. Eventually that bill got passed, and now it's illegal to have male-only events on at least Oahu, which... I think it's so fucking cool. I think, like, it's so easy to just, like, complain about something. 
But to go through all the steps to actually make a change like that, I think is such a sick story. And so this is an interview I did with her that's on the site right now, but I was just, I, I, I've just never heard anything like that. And I thought it was so cool. And I'm, I'm so happy that she did that. Yeah. Well, I have, I have two thoughts on this. The first one is basically a reflection of what you just said. Like it is such a thankless thing to like go through that whole court process like I've never done it but like I just know that it's so many hours and you have to do all this stupid political stuff and you have to use all the correct channels and it just seems like such a slog and it's just at the end of the day like she committed Kiala and all the other women committed like a large portion of their lives to making this happen um and it's pretty cool that they're one, they won, so they're seeing the like the outward benefits of it. And two, Kiala benefited directly from it when in the backdoor shootout this year she got to be part of the WSL all women's team, which basically netted her like three and a half or four hours alone at pipeline. So it's cool that she gets a direct kickback on top of the overall cultural benefit that she's created for surfing. And my other thought is how fucking well did the WSL marketing team spin this thing? I mean, come on. They they played it off as if it was like their big idea. It's like, oh, yeah, we're making this big push for women. It's like, no, motherfuckers, you had to legally. You were bound. (laughs) Right, right. And, I mean, she actually, when I talked to her, she made it clear, like, she didn't want to, you know, badmouth the WSL or anything. And who knows? Maybe that wasn't their plans. But, yeah, a good marketing play there. Just like, yep, here we go. It's fucking all equal. But. Maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe it was a law. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, well done to Kiala. And, um, yeah, truly pushing the sport forward, as we saw at the Backdoor Shootout and the Women's Pipe CT. Yeah, it's cool to see. It's really cool to see. Griffin Colapinto and Tatiana Weston-Webb win 2022 Mayo Pro Portugal. Uh, first things first here. I recently had a decision to make. I had to decide who would provide me with internet in Portugal. A couple different options. I went Mayo. Their advertising worked. I said, you know what, Mayo? If you're going to put this contest on, I'm going to go with you. Wow. Did, did you buy a Jeep as well? I have a Jeep. I have 14 hydro flasks of varying color. Big Michelob Ultra guy? I fill them with Ultras. <laughs> we get out there in the Jeep. We surf the roads. We surf horrible waves. We do the whole thing. Um, I go on Airbnb experiences. This is my life. I, I am the WSL. I saw a guy with a WSL tattoo once, and holy shit, what a psycho. <laughs> that should have been a stab highway <laughs> challenge. Anyway, quick one here because I know you and Stace went into this in deep and great detail on the cusp. Go listen to that if you haven't already. But last night, I actually saw Griffin. I went up that way. And I heard an amazing story. So he and everybody was staying with, they had a nice Airbnb there. Um, I think he was with, Tommy Witz was the one who said it, but like this sweet Airbnb kind of close to the beach. And they get there, they're checking all the rooms out and everything. It has this like big basement. And they go like, okay, Griff, you're going to win this event. And then we're going to have a massive party in this dungeon down here. Whoa. Prophecy. Prophecy. Sure enough. Incredible. Two nights ago, they have this awesome party there. And I guess I heard this story that I think they have like a WSL just group thread, you know, of people talking. And Griff just invited everybody. A bunch of people showed up. Jatson was there. Kelly was there. I saw a video of Kelly breakdancing on the floor. It was just this incredible thing. And it made me so happy for surfing because you live, we live in this day where. People complain it's too sporty now. There's people riding workout bikes in the comp zone, all this shit, right? But the fact, I feel like it's at this beautiful place where there's kind of a balance where, yeah, that's the case. And as a result, people are landing like eight foot airs and heats. But you saw this side where there is this like friendship and camaraderie between everybody and they still go and have fun. And obviously it's nothing like the days of old where people just go on benders, but like celebrating a success like that. And then even last night, like, Griffin was just having a healthy dinner and back on the waters. Like, it was just, I feel like we live in a really cool time where that side of surfing, like, the celebrating and fun and everybody together camaraderie is still there. 
but we also get the benefits of it being so the performance level being so high and uh it warmed my heart and so congrats to griffin congrats to everybody congrats to surfing and that's all i have to say there premium peak resurfacing koa smith fuck this was good wasn't it this is a this is a piece of koa smith opening up about i think a lot of people know that he got hurt he hit his head really bad and he's talked about that before he talked about that with you when you did a piece about why people started wearing helmets but there was a side of the story that he hadn't told before i mean he he changed as a person he was suicidal he was having a really really bad time and he opens up about all of that and it's now in this movie called resurfacing that you watch on sad premium and i didn't expect it to be this good i mean i didn't know that backstory but i watched the thing i was like holy shit this was intense yeah, I mean, the film was so well put together. Um, it was, I think it was funded by Mudwater, which is, you know, a sponsor of Koa's. They, they're like a coffee alternative that I actually drink. Um, and Koa was just absolutely, like, magnetic. And I didn't really know that he'd gone through that trauma. And I didn't really know that he had that level of depth to him because on the surface, he's just this happy-go-lucky, you know, obviously really good surfer, really good in front of the camera, but you just... You kind of think of those people sometimes as like just they're like a personality, but there's not necessarily like that that super deep depth to them. And yeah, this was a whole new layer of Koa that I'd never experienced before. And it was really cool to see. It was, you know, the opposite of a vlog, essentially. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're listening to this thing like, yeah, the fucking unboxing video guy. Yeah, that guy. Uh, <laughs> it turns out when he's not tearing open a box of like i don't even know what he'd open i'd never watch one of those but uh this is like an unboxing of his soul yeah he unboxes soul here and (laughs) it's deep he talks about yeah literally being suicidal and then going on a psychedelic mushroom trip that changes whole perspective which i found to be fascinating i've heard stories like this before i know that that is really therapeutic for a lot of people and even that side of it like We've had so many people just in the comments on the on Stab Premium and the comments on our support pieces on Instagram, all that, talking about similar stories and how they've had just yeah similar experiences, which I didn't see that coming. Like first, I didn't see this video being so good coming, and then two, I didn't see, I didn't really foresee hearing people having that same experience coming out. And this was crazy. This was so unexpected, and uh, it's a really good story. And good on call for for telling it because it's not an easy thing to to share i don't think no it doesn't seem like it but he absolutely committed to it his like i don't even want to call it a a performance because that feels like he's like putting an act on but it really like he he was so engaging like with the camera that some of the shots of him in the interview just i don't know they're like magnetic they really like just pulled me in yeah yeah he even says in it too that his when he was in that dark place and he had this trip and basically his life made more sense to him or life was very different before and after that his iPhone stopped recognizing his face in recognition. He had to like retrain his iPhone, how to recognize his face. And I still got the one where you got again with your thumb. Um, I don't know if mushrooms can do that, but uh, I'd like to think they can. Yeah, so uh, we don't want to give it all away, but you should really, really go watch that film. If yeah, It's just an incredible piece of surfing and just general life content. Um, regardless of who it was, you'd enjoy it, but the fact that it's a surfer that you know and maybe love makes it all the better. Watch him unbox his soul, folks. Hackers post deepfake of two-time world champ Tom Carroll praising fraudulent crypto scheme. That's a lot of words in a title, a lot going on there. We've got we've got championships, we've got frauds, we've got crypto, we got hackers. Holy shit, this is a big one. Yeah, I thought it was a joke when I saw it. And then I also realized like, I mean, the video at least to me, like maybe I just have a really untrained eye, but it looks fucking legit. Like these deep fake things are terrifying. Yeah, it looks so real like his voice, everything about it. Like it's like if I saw that, I would have been so confused. Like, I would have been certain that that was Tom Carroll. Yes. 
$1,000 to $10,000. Yes, that's legit, through Becky. Amazing, this happened to me. Thank you, Becky. It actually made me realize, because this happened to like an old high school friend of mine. He started like sending me DMs about like some this crypto thing, blah, 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 and he was posting it to his story, and I was like, oh, shame, he got hacked. And then he posted a video of himself talking about it, and I was like, it's real? Like, what the fuck? But now I'm, re I'm only now realizing that he was deepfaked, which is insane. Like, he's just like a normal person. He's not like a famous person or anything. Well, the fucked up thing to me about this is like, they did such a good job, but then the account they drive you to is such a pirate-looking Ponzi scheme account. Like, they did all the hard work. All they need to do is just simplify that last little bit, make it not look like a fraudulent thing, and they're going to get people. It was like a weird, long at, at just... They fucked up the last details that I think this scam would have been way better. If they need some consulting, I'm available. My uh, email's in the show notes if you're listening, you hackers, but... um. <laughs> just wild. I didn't know. That's fascinating about your friend because I was like, what an obscure surfer to pick, Tom Carroll. Like, if they could do that with anybody, like, Tom Carroll just struck me as, like, a, quite an interesting pick, but I guess they're going after just anybody. Well, um, remember, they really obviously should have gone after Aki. They could have even tied in that old podcast where we one of our penances was to make somebody buy Aki some Bitcoin and, and put it in a digital wallet for him, and it would have just been so full circle. They, they should have been listening to the podcast, clearly. If they got Aki, he would probably he would have logged on Instagram one day, saw it, and then invested in it. He would be like, oh, okay, like, I guess I think this is a good idea. <laughs> I forgot I did this. Oh, cool. Yeah, I turned a grand into 10K. I'm going to do that again. It's great. <laughs> Um, and it also makes me wonder, like, can we do this with our own surfing? Like, I've got a few joyrides coming out, and uh, I haven't surfed in a while, and I feel like I'm looking, like, a little off balance, you know, like, my, my form's not that great. I feel like I'm going a little slow. Do you think I could send my videos to these guys, and they could just make me look like Felipe Toledo? Well, look, I mean, both the emails are in the show notes, so if they need some work, if they're looking to take on some work with you hit you up if they need some consulting with me like I'll get that fraud thing looking nice you know we'll do some nice copywriting couple call to actions we're, we'll be looking good Becky so uh, you know reach out <laughs> this is clearly the start to that surfing Ponzi scheme you've always wanted I know oh speaking of Ponzi schemes and surfing the surf sends a juicy one this week folks we're gonna get into that shortly alright last up the drive through is Back and it is playing on stab. If and when you continue to listen, you are going to hear a conversation between myself and Benji Weatherly. He's going to talk about the origins of the new and I'd say improved drive-through and how it came to be on stab. Because uh, I think if you've been following Surf Media closely for the last little bit, you'd have seen some stuff about the WSL and maybe being in there, maybe there being a fight, all that. We'll we'll get there. But in the meantime. Just know that it's there, the conversation's coming, and we will be dropping all nine episodes on Stab Premium. Well, the first one went on YouTube to get ready to taste, but the other eight will be on Stab Premium, rolling out every Tuesday, every Tuesday for the next uh, eight weeks. So keep an eye out and stay tuned to hear from Benji. <laughs> But before then, we have to go through a surf sin, and I don't even know how to introduce this one. Uh, it's a timely one. If you listen every week, you'll have remembered the conversation Mike and I had about potentially catfishing for a surfboard sale last week. The sinner here heard that, and he followed up immediately. And I mean, we, we talked about how you could potentially catfish a surfboard sale, and this didn't even register to us. And... This guy had already been there, done it, so let's hear from him. Let's go straight into it. Hi guys, my name's Tom, I'm from Sydney, Australia, and I'm feeling really guilty about this surf scene. I was listening to your podcast about surfboard catfishing, and it brought me right back, and I'm, I'm just dealing with this. 
so what happened? I, this happened about eight years ago. I was in Hawaii and I I picked up a paisel from the Wailua surf mill and it, it didn't have any um, like logos or anything on it. It was just dimensions and the paisel logo and um, there was no model number. And I, I bought the board, thrashed it, like totaled it, it had creases, compressions, dings everywhere. And then I, I got this bright idea. I, I got these stickers online. So I bought Hurley sticker, uh, Stance sticker, all of Monster maybe, um, all of John John's sponsors and slapped these stickers on, put it on Marketplace and sold it as a John John board. And this was around the time of his first world title. Um, this middle-aged, overweight man came to my house was psyched on it purchased it um maybe gave me it was around 800 aussie um more than what i bought it for and we're both happy i was stoked he was stoked but i'm just feeling really guilty about this um yeah let me know my punishment Ah! holy shit Okay. Are you uh, is me? it just me, or is there no like, is there no guilt in his voice? Like he doesn't sound sorry. Why should he? As far as I'm concerned, that is not a surf win. I almost think we need like a um, every once in a while we bring in something that like is really not a surf sin. It's a surf win, if you will. And to me, <sighs> this has all the markings of a surf win. <laughs> I mean, I this is like almost unethical to roll out because. As if this isn't going to inspire, like, a bunch of people <laughs> to go and do this. It basically, folks, if you if you see a board that's on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, and then after this, that it seems to be from some high-level pro, confirm that it's real, because this is going to inspire a just onslaught of these things. Fucking brilliant, though. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Well played. Well played, well played. Um... Do you think that we need to give a penance still? Even like, I mean, again, to me, just this is so brilliant and hilarious and like in- incredible. But if you think we need to give a penance, I, I am prepared to give one. I mean, <laughs> he lied. Lying is a sin. You're supposed to be truthful in life, right? Did he lie though? Because he d- he didn't make it clear whether or not he stated directly in the post that it was John John's board. He may have just made it appear as though it was John John's board. It's deceptive, but it's not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just it's one of those things where it's just the implicate it's like I it's a sin to me. Even if he didn't say it flat out, he still just implied something like it's a sin, it's a sin, and um Yeah. I I think we gotta give him a penance. He's sinned, he's confessed. He he came to confess because he feels guilty about it, even if I didn't pick up on it in his voice. He came to confess because he needs to go on his healing journey. And so it is our job here to supply him with a penance. Yes, we got to do it. Okay. That was interesting, though, because I took it as like a serial killer who was like, oh, I can't be caught. I just, at this point, I'm just going to keep sending things to the press because I just don't give a fuck and I think it's hilarious. But that, <laughs> if you think he needs a sen- or if you think he needs a penance, we'll give him a penance. I mean, yeah, maybe if it is a serial killer thing where he just wants the attention and we're going to just connect the dots and realize that he sold a Jordy board here and a Felipe board there and he's got a <laughs> Kelly board and he's got all these things. Maybe that's what this is, and I don't know. I'm going to buy it anyway. But Do you think this is the deep fake guy? It may be the deep fake guy. This guy might be all over the place getting all of us, getting Tom Carroll. <laughs> it's, he's good. And you know what? Give him credit because he's good. My penance. All right, what's your penance? Okay. He has got to do that again to a board that is not a Pizel. That's my only rule. It can't be a Pizel, but he's got to get every single one of John's sponsors, which I getting a Florence Marine X sticker is going to be kind of hard, but he's got to get the Yeti. He's got to get them all. And he has to put them on his entire quiver for a year. <laughs> no, a year's too hard. <laughs> Let's just say I'll go one board a year. His most his most go to board for a year actually. Quiver's too much, that's excessive. But 
He's got to do it, and it can't be a Pizel, so it can't really look like John's board. It has to like be something that John would never <laughs> ride. And so people have to look at him and be like, this fucking guy think that he's like, John, John, what was his deal? That's my penance. A month on a fully stickered up board that is clearly not John John's, but looks like you're trying to make it be. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And mine is actually, uh, it's in a similar vein. So, you know, he obviously used John's likeness for his personal gain in this instance. And I think it's time that he returns the favor to John. So for the next year, he can exclusively buy surf gear from Florence Marine X, which, as we know, great product, extremely expensive. <laughs> so- wow, yeah. Well, I mean, apparently he can afford it, though. He's out here selling, making, riding boards to the grave and then making a few hundred bucks on them, so he's got the cash for it, it sounds. That's right. It's like when I won th- that money in the uh, in the pipe contest for my you know illicit betting, uh, I'm putting it toward my own. Florence Marine X floaty suit. So yeah, it's in the same idea. You know, it's use your blood money and put it back into the industry. Put it back into John's pocket. Yeah, well, good for you. You're you're uh, you're an ethical man. I just use my sports or surf betting money on uh, betting on other sports, but I know nothing about. So I could feel something on a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I am. I don't know if you can tell. I'm profusely sweating right now, and um, yeah, I've got to live in this car for the next week, so if it's cool with you, I'm going to hop off. I'm going to let you hop on with Benji, because you guys have a lot to talk about in regards to the new drive through series. Let's do it. All right. All right, and as always, remember to drop your surf sins to Bucket Rolling Youth, Danny at RollingYouth.com. I think Danny will be back next week. I think he's, um, yeah, he's coming around the corner, so uh, I'll leave that to you guys, and... Until next week, uh, yeah, I'll just let you hop on with Benji. All right, sounds good. We'll see you, Mikey. All right, let's get into it. I'm here with Benji Weatherly. That's right. We're back. Here we go. Let's do this. (laughs) He's on the North Shore Oahu in his lovely bar, Breakers. Mm -hmm. What's, uh, What's the vibe like at Breakers on a Friday? It's called Aloha Aloha Friday here in Hawaii. That's basically okay. everybody that actually has business and works. Uh, Friday is a Breakers day for sure because you come in and get a cold beer after work and everyone you know, just throws out sh- shakas and says Aloha Friday. And that's kind of the vibe. If you saw how beautiful the weather is and pipes eight feet right now, it's one of those Aloha Fridays that you will definitely remember forever today. Wow, pipe is still eight feet. I feel like it's, it's been eight firing. feet since like January third. <laughs> yeah, no, today is one of those days where it's just absolutely perfect, pristine, and the swell's picking up every two or three minutes. There's every swell, every set's been bigger and bigger. There's second resets when I left, so yeah, it's been pumping for the last two months. It's a good, good place to live. Wow, wow, still going, huh? Yeah. Okay, well. Let's talk about the drive-thru. Episode 1 just dropped on Stab's YouTube, and we've got plenty more to come. All episodes are going to drop on Stab Premium from here on out. But we talked about this a little bit before, and you told me that Donovan called you three times one day, which was probably the most like rushed and chaotic he's ever felt in his life yeah no when i talk about that call yeah like i donovan calls me once a year and it's usually basically just what are you up to just cruising and stuff like that well i got three missed calls what would that have been in october and um i ran out of where i was i was shopping up in Milani, and i ran out and i see three missed calls from donovan i go this must either mean he's stranded somewhere needs help or he's hostage in some random country so I, I call him and he goes, are you sitting down? And I'm like, nah, but you can tell me what's going on because this is either good or bad. Let me know. And he's like, we're bringing the drive through back. And I'm like, there's no way. I go, that for the last 10 years we've been talking about it and everybody on social media and everyone that comes up to us and talks about surfing, it's always, when are you going to bring the drive through back? And we're like, well, kind of kind of too late to do that. You know, we'd have no, no outlet to do it and no, no reason to do it really. <clears throat> but we always wanted to. Me and Donnie always wanted to bring it back because uh, especially nowadays, we don't really have anything that's relatable 
to just the common surfer that likes to go travel and hang out with his friends. So we've been jonesing for that because it's it's so competitive now with uh, guys that surf contests. They wear earphones, fizzle balls, coaches. You know, it's it's very non-interactive and it's very hard to relate because you know not everyone's Gabriel Medina, and so. When, when WSL approached Donovan and said, hey, we want to buy the drive-through series and we want to bring it back, um, I, I, I was like, I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. We're old. Like, um, you know, the kids nowadays, they probably don't even remember the drive-through. So I was like kind of nervous that it, it was going to flop, really. And so we kind of started doing it with WSL. It got to a point where what we wanted to do was different than what they wanted to do and which is totally normal they're a very commercial driven uh company that drive through doesn't really relate very much to because we're we push the envelope we're we're like the jackass of surfing if you will like we we like to show the the failures more than we like to show like the you know achievements of like a huge air or any of that we'd rather show you do an air board flip over and stab you in the ass and then come on the beach and be like I'm bleeding everywhere and to most people that's kind of a reality so it's just fun to see your heroes or really the best surfers in the world doing stuff that they do you know like eat shit all the time or you know get stuck in airports for hours and get charged double for your surfboards and. Just all the stuff that traveling that comes along with it, you don't see it in surf movies usually because all you see is perfect barrels in Tahiti and guys doing huge airs to perfect music uh, edits. And the drive through is all about the opposite. It's like the making of a movie on all the failures. And I think that's what makes the drive through so, so great is that it's all about the stuff that you're not supposed to see. So the WSL didn't really fit that, that, uh, that curve, if you will, because... They wanted it to be kind of wrapped up in a perfect bun and delivered kind of like almost like a bubblegum wrapper. And we couldn't pull it off what we wanted to do with WSL, so we just kind of did it on our own. And it kind of worked out better for both parties because I didn't want them to get in trouble for me having... I, I, won't, I won't spoil alert, but one of the episodes... I had a little bit of a problem with the toilet and the RV, and I think I think the WSL probably would have canceled that episode and said, ah, I can't show that. There's going to be kids out there thinking it's okay to shit on the side of the road. So um, I think more or less it worked out the best for both of us, and the WSL is a great, great corporation, and I love watching the progression of all the best surfers, but I don't think drive through fit. <laughs> I think it's better this way. Yeah. Uh, to me, I mean, there has been, like, that seems a little bit like there's mixed signals going on because they have had a lot of poo stances over the years on that tour. And so <laughs> That's funny. For them to not be okay with that, that's a little bit uh, yeah. mixed signals in my book. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I do want to set the record straight here, though, because there was obviously, like, I think when it first started to come to be, you know, everybody's talking about the WSL is bringing the drive-thru back. I think that's pretty much how people were talking about it. And then you heard all these things about it's not going well, or there's awkward moments and all that. Like, And I agree with you completely that it ended up in a place where it's like better for everybody. Like The WSL can do their thing. The drive-thru can do its thing. There's no reason why these things have to be together. And there's no reason why they can't just be different parts of surfing. But... Looking back, I did hear there were some funny kind of calls and stuff. Would you want to talk about some of those, like some of these moments that you had with the WSL that almost uh, made those creative differences more apparent? Yeah, it just basically, like, it, I was being brutally honest, and it didn't go over well with HR, because it, it all has to go through so many different layers at WSL, because there's so many corporate corporate sponsors that... There were so many liability contracts. If I wanted to drive the RV, I had to have this, and we weren't allowed to ride in the Airstream because when it's moving, it's illegal. And it just didn't work out. Like there was just too many factors that we would, we basically couldn't do what we wanted to do. And the coolest part about the drive-through is that it has to be done organically. It has to be done with like you and your buddies have a camera and you just do what you want, and nobody can tell you what to do. It's, and that's what's so hard is they were trying to direct the drive-through, and we don't direct drive-throughs. We let the surfers direct, and that's what makes it so genius. Is Greg Browning is the best human in the world, period, and he created this thing. And he, after all these years, 
was trying to explain to the WSL, look, you don't have to try to plan out the trip and tell them what they have to do. They tell you what to do and you just film it. And that's what makes it so genius. And that's what makes it so honest is that in the mornings you wake up and the surfers go, oh, I heard the waves are going to be good over there. And then this and that. And then Greg will just suggest things like, hey, maybe in the middle of um, today, between surfs, we go bungee jumping. And everyone looks at him like, what do you mean? There's a bungee jump around here? And he had just slides it in there like, yeah, just down the street. And then you go down there and it's a 3,000 foot jump off a cliff. And you're like, Greg, you're a dick, but I want to do it. So, uh, <laughs> so it's basically like Greg just kind of feeding, feeding us, feeding us, but never telling us what we have to do or telling us how it's going to be. He just films it, and he's a fly on a wall, and he's, he's the reason why it all works. And Donovan, I got to admit, Donovan makes the drive-through work almost as much as Greg in the sense that he gets it. Like, when he's on the drive-through, he'll be yelling. There's always a tagline in the drive-throughs, and this one was... Hey guys, we gotta go. <laughs> and it was, we'd be in the middle of dinner, like finally just surfed all day, so tired. And these, you know, all the young kids are like, oh, I'm so tired. And, and then Donovan go, Hey guys, we gotta go. And we were like, We gotta go. We just sat down. And it's like, Go, 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 go. And Donovan is the reason why it all works because if you think that you're gonna stay in one place for more than a few hours, then it's not a drive through, it's just a sit through. So you have to keep going. Every day you're in a different place. And a lot of the guys were like, but it's good here. Why are we leaving? And I'm like, it's called drive through bro. It's not called sit here and chill and surf perfect waves. It's about torture. <laughs> and torture is when you don't get comfortable for 14 days, you go, 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 go. And at the end, you sleep for a week. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you guys said 14 days. And you started in Santa Cruz and ended... No, we started where? actually... We actually started the very first day was in L.A. because a lot of guys flew into okay. L LAX and we grabbed uh, uh, pedal electric bikes and we grabbed FCS fins, or excuse me, future fins. I can't believe I said that, future fins. And then we, after learning a lot at Future about how fins were made, which <laughs> I've been shaping boards pretty much since I was 12 and I've never watched a machine build a fin. I was like, whoa, okay, this takes this many machines to build a fin. I thought it was just some old dude, and they're like, Err. but it was pretty intense to see that. And then we went up to Ventura because I wanted to the Great Dane. I was, my, ever since probably the second drive through, I'm like, it went, me and Dane went on a trip for one of the loose change, I think it was, one of Taylor's first movies. Dane was like 15. And I was like, oh, I love the way Dane serves. I, I really, really think the way he is too, that he's so honest and he's, so, he's like me, but way cooler. And he, uh, he, I just went, I, 10 years ago on the last drive through, I'm like, Dane, we definitely need Dane on a drive through. So he was like the one guy I wanted to get more than anything, but he would not answer the call. He would never answer. I'm like, dude, I, I, I know he'll go. I just need to get him on the phone. So I finally got him on the phone two or three days before the drive through started. And I'm like, don't even tell it. Don't even don't even care about what I'm saying on the phone right now. Just in two days, we're going to meet you at Emma Wood if she could. And you're going to get in the RV and surf with us in like four or five locations up the coast. And we're going to go to the surf ranch. And he goes, oh, I hate the surf ranch. And I'm like, what? I thought that was going to be like the like the carrot, right? I was like, oh, he's oh, going to yeah. let. And he goes, I hate that place. I surf like shit there. And I go, perfect. That'll be even funnier for drive through Like one of the best surfers of all time sucking in a fucking surf ranch. And so, and he did. I mean, I'm going to be honest. The reason why Dane is so awesome, so awesome is that he's. He's brutally honest with himself and everyone around him. And he goes, dude, I can't surf that wave. And I was laughing to myself like, you're one of the best. Dude. You, of course you can. He couldn't because there's just certain situations that, you know, Dane excels in. And then other times where he's just not that good at it. And that's kind of like basically me. Like I'll excel one day and the next day I'll be the worst surfer in the water. And it's so cool to see Dane like struggle and He's like, I'll go, but I don't really want to. And end up being the funniest part in the whole drive-thru is him talking about Kelly's white wetsuit and Kelly showing up, opening the gates to the thing, and Dane going, see, I told you, you could see his package. And it's like, I think it's the, I think, <laughs> I think it's the funniest fucking part in the whole thing, man. It, it to, to me, that was the whole reason Dane was on the drive-thru, was for that one moment. And, uh, and we had just the best day, so it was... First day was Ventura. We surfed. It was really crappy ways. We made the most of it. And the next day was the ranch. And then the day after that, we went to Santa Cruz to have Barney's Day, where we wore, Donovan wore his last wetsuit that he had. And we put his ashes in the water. We had a barbecue with all the local guys, like Rufo and the boys. 
And then we surfed the next day at this crazy, like, closeout beach break right around the corner from Steamer Lane. And it was the perfect drive through session. Every kid that was on the drive through was like, <laughs> I don't even remember. Oh, it was John Mel. Peter Mel's son goes, he goes, what about that wave? And it's like sea monsters were coming out of the water, which was all seaweed. And I'm like, you can't surf that. But I'm like, we're going to. And all the guys are like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, we're going out there. And ended up being probably the coolest drive through session ever. And I can't wait for people to see it. It's probably on episode three, I think, or four. It's the best session ever. Guys, Parker comes in and his interview on the beach was so so drive through in a nutshell he goes you know to be honest i didn't even think it was a rideable wave and now after we all surfed it it was one of the coolest sessions ever and then he almost drowned in the seaweed he got stuck by he got stuck by the cliff and almost drowned because the seaweed went around him <laughs> just an insane drive through moment and then after that we kind of went down the coast we uh we scored griff was ripping at this left uh in santa cruz i wish i knew the name uh did one of the biggest rotation backside airs ever didn't stick it but i mean he should have broke his legs and then the next day, we drove down to Ventura again, surfed with Dane one last time. Then went to Laguna. Then we surfed San Clemente. Then we went down to San Diego and rode behind these uh, ski boats. And that was one of the funniest things I've ever done, too. And then uh, from there, we went to Trussell's the next day, scored Trussell's. I don't know how we got it with nobody out. I think it was because we had the Calapento, or how do you say, the Griffin Calapento and Crosby's vibe going. And uh, yeah. took electric bikes down there, had our full little... Uh, yeah, lowers, and then we drove up to uh, to Vin- or, excuse me to LAX and flew to Miami to go hang out with the goat. We went to Cocoa Beach where he's from and got to go into his his house there in Florida and look through all of his boards he won world titles on. And I mean, unrideable surfboards. If he had to ride them now, he would get last in every single surf contest. And that's how that's how the times have changed so much. If he would have had one of his little five six sci fi's now, oh back then, oh it wouldn't have been it would have been embarrassing how good he was compared to everybody but after that we did a new Smyrna and then we went up to see Metallica which was the pretty much the coolest drive through moment of all time we got to sing with Pennywise in front of 40,000 people and then we uh, got two hours of sleep of course because that's that's a good night of sleep for drive through and then we yeah huge <laughs> it's huge and then we flew to Waco, Texas to end end our uh, drive through on the 14th day and some of the airs that I mean Parker nailed some of the coolest tricks ever and then uh, I think Griff did five backside threes in a row stuck all five of them like bing 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 he's like oh this is fun I'm like I hate you guys it was cool it was a good good trip it was it was top top two drive throughs of my life the, I think my favorite one of all time was because I had Shane Dorian Kalani Rob um, at the South America one we went to Panama Brazil and that one just because they were my best friends and the, the diversity on waves. We surfed beach breaks, reef breaks, and drove a- ATVs on the beach in Chile, doing big old jumps. And I think that was my favorite one. And then this would be my second favorite. So, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So, how was it dealing with like a different, you know, you said that you were with all your friends there, but how was it dealing with like a new generation of professional surfers? Like, you had Parker, you had Griffin, you had Eric. Like, how did their vibe kind of compare to this trip that you went on with just all your friends in South America? Was it was it different? Did they kind of get right on that wavelength? No, that's the coolest part about it. I handpicked these guys because they their approach to life and their approach to surfing are just like my crew from the Momentum Generation. It's It was never take yourself too serious. It was always try your hardest to be better than the guy next to you and as far as progression is. So you're always like laughing and not caring, but it, when you hit the water, it was like I'm gonna surf better than this asshole. You know, it was like it was on every every time. That's what made our crew so great was we love each other like brothers. But as soon as we're in the water, it was like I'm, I want to get a way better clip than him. It was like this jealousy driven kind of like ironic uh, ironic situation every day because you're like oh, you're my best friend we're high five and cruising but then when we watch footage after our session we're like i hope you didn't get a better way than me I, uh. <laughs> you know so it was it was that camaraderie but in that edginess of i don't want to be the guy that doesn't get a the best clip you know so we all had our our motivation and that's what the kids were doing on this one it was parker and geiselman and and griff pushing each other to limits just like we always did and then taking the piss out of each other all night long like drinking beers laughing and and making fun of each other and pantsing each other i mean it was 
They they definitely got the whole drive through theme. It was as soon as Donovan was just yelling and big old walrus mustache flying around and <laughs> scarves and crazy outfits. They're like, this guy's crazy. And I go, I know. This is what I deal with. And uh, and so it's just <laughs> I've dealt with this so many times. He was bringing surfboards that the guys were like, "Is that what you're gonna ride?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna ride this. It's a door." And I'm like, "Why would you bring a door, Donovan?" And he ends up getting <laughs> the best wave, the best wave of the whole drive-through. And I can't wait. It's in the opening scene. If you guys, whoever's listening to this, sees it, he's on this board that's unrideable. I mean, I paddled it, and it was going sideways back and forth. I'm like, "How? What's? It has no fin. It was just a concave thing." And I'm like, "How are you gonna? What are you gonna? How to what?" And then he ends up getting like a 20-second barrel in the first wave at the ranch. And the whole thing made sense after that. We all were like, if he can ride a door and get the wave of the trip, then we all need to just get on his mustache and just go for the ride. Like, ah, yeah. well. So after that, it was pretty easy to, to know how good the trip was going. And then I had Barney's ashes that were given to me by Rufo. And we put them in the front of the RV for the whole trip. And I took him to Metallica. And that was really cool. He... I don't know if Barney ever got to go to Metallica, but now he has. And um, it really gave us good karma. The whole trip was every place we went. We parked our RV in San Clemente, California, illegally in the middle medium at C Street. And everyone there, Chloe, Chloe Andino and all those guys were like, it's, you're going to get towed. Like, this is, you're, are you kidding? Our wetsuits were out hanging off the thing. And it was just like, it was almost like these aren't the droids you're looking for. And it was a gigantic RV with like, boards hanging out everything it was just so ridiculous man and no what tickets what was the conversation like at that point it was just like if it gets towed it's just gonna be funnier like, yes be funnier for kind story. of I mean I, at the end of the day that's what makes everything great is it the worst I mean the things that happen that are horrible are so great for TV so the whole time you're like well either we're not gonna get a ticket and it's gonna be the best day ever or we're gonna get a hundred tickets and towed and we're gonna spend a night in jail and that's good too so you're kind of like, every situation is a win-win, even if it goes bad. I mean, the first day, frickin' Parker blew out his his heel and had, we had, a, I don't know if he got stitches, actually, but he should have. Yeah, that's how hardcore Parker is. He's such a little nugget. He, uh, right, and it was a first or second day, he blew it out, got a huge, huge gash. And I was just like, no, we're going to lose Parker. We need him because I don't want to surf. I want him to surf, and I'm horrible. And, uh... And he ended up just powering through, man. And then by the end of the trip, he wasn't even talking about it. He's just such a solid little guy. And he's a lifer. Like, I, I, I have to say, like, he is a drive through character. And that's what I want. We want to create the next generation of drive through guys. And he's it. Like, Parker is so good on camera. He's such a good-hearted person. You have to be a really good person to pull it off because within like four hours you'll know what a person's character is because he's gonna he's gonna be like why are these people so close to me give me room and get off me and i'm tired of eating in and out every meal i want healthy food at one point griffin was like can we eat anything but in and out and i'm like no you have to eat in and out every single day and i haven't eaten in and out in like 10 years i ate it 13 days in a row or something. It was ridiculous, dude. But I was going hey, protein. Guys, drive your diet. <laughs> I, I was doing protein style, and the, the boys were like, hey, are you going to get fat from eating all this food? And I'm like, yeah, but at least I'm going to feel skinnier. That's all that matters. So, yeah, yeah we style. had we had protein style, and, then, and Dane loved it. Dane is he's my spirit animal in so many ways, but the his diet and the amount of carbs he drinks, oh, he's my boy. Well, at least got to introduce Griffin to Pennywise. And, um, he didn't even know the song. By the way, to get it's it's really interesting to get introduced to a band and their song while you're on stage with them. I imagine it's <laughs> in front uh, of forty thousand people. They're like, "Hey, this is Pennywise," and the guy's literally got his microphone. He's singing, and he's like, "Hey, Griff, nice to meet you, man." And then like brings out all of us out in our tr- French soccer outfits out. And he's like, "Hey, these are the drive-through crew," and everyone in the audience is like. We don't care. Like, who the hell is a drive-through? <laughs> and then, uh, and then we get out to do the Broham, which is the last song they always play, and it's about their friends that have passed and friends that are, you know, just a friendship. It's just the coolest. Like my whole childhood is based around that song because we would have Taylor Steele movies, and then Pennywise would play. So you would be 17, 18, 19, 20. All my year, best years of my life were watching my surf part anxiety driven thinking I hope people like it I hope people like it and then having Kelly's part shit online and then right after that and then right after that it'd be Pennywise and you and I mean as corny as it sounds we'd be mosh in the mosh pit cruising getting carried out and then 
they would always pull all the surfers up on stage and we'd sing Broham. And so I haven't done that in 15 years probably, maybe longer. And so to be in, on, on that stage where it was the biggest festival even Pennywise has ever played and be able to do it with those guys and them going, what are we doing? Like, how, what's the song? And I'm like, don't worry, you'll figure it out. Oh. And they fully embraced it. And you just see, I didn't even get in the mic and really go. I had my phone and I just filmed it because I was like, it, it felt like a, a moment in time that I had to film, and I didn't ever film anything. And I was like, I have to film this. And if you watch the footage, you just see me laughing and filming, which usually I'm like the ham bone that's like in the mic and making it all about myself because I'm a ham bone. And that moment, I, I really was in awe of the fact that Griff and Parker and those guys were just looking at me with their eyes so wide going, Oh, 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 and I was like, "This is so cool, man!" And it just—it made my life because I've done it so many times, and to see them get to do it on that stage was—it was unbelievable. And then just to end at the Waco Waypoint, it was cool. We got to do—we started the trip with a, a fake wave. Is that what you call a fake wave? Uh, man-made wave. Yeah, it works. And then we—and then we ended with a man-made wave. So it was. It was pretty sick. At ten years ago, on our last drive-through, we would have never ever thought that we were going to have a drive-through with Kelly's Wave Pool. I mean, you, we wouldn't even have believed that if you told us that there was going to be the ranch. So, and then the end at Waco with the air sections on every wave. It's like it's surreal where surfing's at right now. You know, where these young kids. I was just at the Pipe House, the Billabong House, and to see 13, 12 year old kids sitting there getting ready to go serve pipe and have like catered food in a mansion on the beach at Pipeline. I'm like, you know, everyone used to have to sleep on my floor at Pipeline. And now and now these kids have fucking brand new hum, hummers outside and their parents filming them from the deck. And I'm like, God, things have changed in a good way, man. I mean, I wish this was my generation and I was getting paid millions of dollars and having catered food to me at my pipe house. But... I think the struggle was pretty sweet to get us to this point. I mean, even Kelly slept on my floor. I mean, Kelly used to have a little old beater car, and he was the best surfer in the world. These young kids don't even have their license, and they have, like, brand-new Mercedes out front. It's crazy. It's all Teslas now, I think. Yeah, Teslas. But, yeah, the the, well, the, the drive-through is on YouTube now live, right? And for anyone to see. Uh, last night when I pro skate for our friends, said, hey, I saw the drive-thru, and I was like, because it's on YouTube, right? You don't want to pay? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, well, I don't know. So I just, I think everyone should go out and watch that first episode, and if they don't want to order Stab Premium, you're pretty crazy, because it's worth watching, for sure. We put a lot of work into it. Well, yeah, I mean, you watch the first episode for free on YouTube, like you said, but beyond that, you have two options. You can either subscribe to Stab Premium, or you could follow Donovan Frankenrider <laughs> on social media really closely, because... We have the ability to give people a code to, you know, just like one person at a time to watch for free. And we shared one with Donovan because he is in the drive-thru and we gave him a code. It's like, hey, like, you can see, like, you have to be a Stab Premium member to comment and to see the comments. So just to see how people are reacting to it and all that. And uh, <laughs> Donovan went ahead and just, he didn't really understand that and just blasted out to his entire following. And I think 14 people got in through that. We capped it quickly once we realized that he'd done that but there's no telling whether or not he'll do it again yeah so donovan keep a close eye on him maybe there's a chance you could sneak in the door if not you're gonna have to subscribe to watch the uh the rest of the series but it'll be worth it yeah and keep your surfboards that. and your wetsuits away from donovan because he'll break them and rip them to shreds he's definitely a habitual line stepper when it comes to your own your own uh, property <laughs> he destroyed my brand new almeric channel ends board and he destroyed my wetsuit for the waco texas he cut the legs and arms off it and i'm just like thanks for nothing so i don't trust donovan with anything that you care about okay cool well thank you so much benji thanks yeah. for coming on talking to us i think you'll be coming back i'll be back next, next week dude let's get this second yeah. episode dropped and uh hopefully everyone enjoys it and feel free to comment um and tell me how fat i look in it and you know i surf like a complete jackass nowadays so yeah feel free to put those comments down and make me feel worse about myself uh, looking forward to it and then listen to benji's podcast as well i know yeah. you have a podcast going right yeah it's called let's potty with Benji Weatherly and uh, my first guest is Greg Browning and Donovan Frankenreiter talking about drive-thru and then Bob Hurley's on there and who's the other guy the first one has and Jim uh, Lindbergh from Pennywise my first episode's got all those people in it so we're gonna do like a 
best of for the first first episode. Check it out. It's on Spotify and YouTube and Let's Potty with Benjamin And it's going to be cross-promoted with you guys because Stab is my new, my new source of media. That's going to be my boys for life. If Dane, if Dane likes him, I like him. That's what he told me. He's, he's the reason why we're at Stab because he pretty much is the king of Stab. And that sounds gross, but it's true. We bow to him. Yeah, well, he is the, he is the surf lord. As far as I'm concerned, there's no one else I like to watch as much as Dane Reynolds, for sure. And he's coming on the next one. He doesn't know he's coming on the next drive-thru, but he is, okay? Dane, if you're listening, you're coming on the next drive-thru. You might as well start warming up your calves right now. All right, that is officially it for this week's episode of The Drop. I hope you enjoyed Benji and Buckley's chat, and I hope that you guys go watch Stab in the Dark, the Koa film, and, of course, the drive-thru. There's a lot to be seen right now on stabmag.com, and, uh, yeah, let's just hope that next week is as exciting as this week. It's been an incredible, incredible time in surfing. So until then, we will catch you. Danny's hopefully coming back. And as always, drop your surf sins to danny at rollingyouth.com, buck at rollingyouth.com, and maybe you'll be featured on this very show. (laughs) 